Thank you so much, worship team. It's, it's wonderful. Boys and girls, if, if you're young enough, you can go down to Kids Church 3 to 7. And the rest of you, there is a children's bulletin. If you haven't got one, you can uh, ask one of the ushers at the back for it. It's so great to come to a worship, um, from a worship that we've just experienced. Um, we don't talk about, I don't tell Suzanne what, she, what I'm going to preach on, and we don't talk. I mean, it would make sense if we did. It really would. <laughs> but I want you to know that, um, that the Lord, you know, picked those songs, because that last one especially, we're talking about that very thing. So that's very exciting. And even one of the other ones you did before the break, again, we're, we're talking about that. And so I just thank God that you allowed him to use you and to choose those songs today. It's so cool when it all just dovetails together. <laughs> so for those of you wondering where the rest of my family is, I'll let you know they're at Braceside, which is a Pentecostal camp down in Paris, Ontario. We've been there for the past week, and Shane has been helping with the worship uh, with his sister, and they, they um, have the last two uh, services today, and uh, we come back tomorrow at some point. And so we've been there all week, and it's been lots of fun, and the weather has finally warmed up for us near the end, so that was nice. We are going to be talking in the book of Joshua this summer. We are talking about Joshua's life, so you can already get prepared. If you have your Bible with you, you can just turn to Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to continue on with that today. The book of Joshua was written by Joshua himself, which is why it's called that. And uh, most believe that it was written around the late 1300s before Christ. It is a continuation of the book of Deuteronomy. If you were to read Deuteronomy, you would just naturally see how Joshua should follow. It's like the, the rest of the story type of thing. The entire book of Joshua basically deals with the acquiring of the promised land and the various battles and challenges that go along with getting that land. It begins at the River Jordan. Uh, as the people are about to enter the promised land, which is also called the land of Canaan. Last week, Pastor Shane spoke about how Joshua and 11 other spies uh, uh, went and spent 40 days scouting out that land. And then we, we remember, hopefully, <laughs> that uh, 10 of them came back and gave a damning report. And because of that report, the people of Israel were forced to wander around in the wilderness for the next 40 years. And we're just coming to that part right now, is that the 40 years have ended, and here we are. All the original people at the beginning of 40 years are dead, except for Moses and jo 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 Joshua, thank you, and Caleb, who were the uh, two spies who told the people that they, they could take the land. So we're going to pick up our story here in Joshua 1, verse 1 to 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, my, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river of the Euphrates at the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because 
You will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Thank you, Lord, for your word. The first thing we see here in our passage is that Moses is dead. Verse 2 says, Moses, my servant, is dead. This was a time in Israel's history that would be filled with fear and confusion. Moses, God's chosen leader, had died. Moses had been with the Israelites for over 40 years. He was the giant of, of strength and comfort. He brought stability in a time of confusion and difficulty. He was the people's conduit to God. He was the go-between between the people and God himself. He was how God spoke to his people. Moses brought them freedom from Egypt. And now this great servant was dead. Based on the passage we see here, um, we, we know that uh, they mourned their leader. And we don't really know how long, but we, we know that it was 30 days. We don't really know what they did. But this honor would have been go- given to Moses likely due to the fact that he was, he was a great leader. Jacob was only mourned for seven days, according to Genesis 50.10. And Aaron, Moses' brother, was also mourned for 30 days in Numbers 20 to 29. Although we're not told what they did for Moses... According to tradition, they most likely tore their garments. They would have had prayers. They would have been wailing. They would have abstained from celebrations as well as work while they were remembering this leader. Moses was all the people knew in terms of leadership. He had been their leader, these people, for their entire lives. He was their security and their confidence and their communication with God. And now this leadership, this confidence, the security was gone. This would have been a time of great fear and anxiety for the people. The Israelites were living in a time of loss and confusion, just as we do sometimes. We live in times of terror. Uh, if you watch the news or even just turn on your Facebook, you can see things are, can be disturbing and scary. Christians are being persecuted. Moral lines are being erased and rewritten. Violence seems to be everywhere And as the people of Israel did, we can allow fear to to fill our situations and to overpower us. How many times have we placed our hope in things that have failed us? They've let us down. Perhaps you've trusted a, um, a family member who's betrayed you. Perhaps a friend who's disappointed you. Maybe a job has been lost or your RSPs are not doing as well as you think they should be. Perhaps the government has let you down in some decision. And we're left shaking, confused, and wondering what's going to happen next. Well, today we can have confidence knowing that God's not shocked by these things. He's not surprised. He knew Moses was dead. He knows what's going on in your life as well. And he is ready and capable to handle those situations. He's trustworthy. He's able to do and give us what we need. I love the scripture in Psalms 20, verse 7. It says, some will trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will trust 
in the name of the Lord our God. Things around us may disappoint us, but God remains faithful to us. And throughout the scriptures, we are reminded again and again and again of his faithfulness. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make good of it? Romans 4, 21 says, and being fully assured that what God has promised, he will perform it. And 2 Timothy 2, 13 says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Today, you may be like the children of Israel here in our passage confused and scared and concerned, and yet we, can, we have been told we can have confidence knowing that the Lord will not leave us alone. We can have confidence to know that God knows what's going on in our life, and he'll make sure we make it through. The next thing we see about Moses is that not only was he, sorry, the next thing we see is that not only was Moses dead, but that God had spoken to Joshua, and Joshua was to become the next leader. Deuteronomy 31, 1-3 says that, Then Moses went out and spoke these words to Israel. I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, You will not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. Isn't that a great picture? That the Lord himself will cross over ahead of you. And destroy these nations before you. And you will take possession of their land. And then it says, Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord has said. Moses made it very clear before he died that Joshua was going to be the next leader. He was going to be the man to take the job. There was no confusion about that. There was no politicking. There was no uh, vote. This was what was going to happen because the Lord himself had said it to Moses. Throughout the life of Moses and Joshua and their time together, we can see how God continually prepared Joshua for this time. We see his leadership skills when he's fighting against the Amalekites in Exodus 17. We can see how he was with Moses when Moses received the Ten Commandments and then broke them in Exodus 24 and 32. We can see how Joshua guarded the tent of meeting. And stayed there after Moses left to spend more time in God's presence in Exodus 33. And we learned, of course, last week of how how Joshua and Caleb were the original spies who stood up and said, no, we can take that land in Numbers 14. Joshua was the natural leader to take Moses' place. So here in Joshua 1, we see that God has spoken to Joshua, letting him know that the time of mourning for Moses was done. It was now time to get to work. It was now time for him to take that next step, to go out into the deeper waters. It was now time to stop looking backwards, to stop mourning the loss of Moses, and to get the people of Israel moving. It was time to cross the River Jordan and get into the Promised Land. It's just something that really struck me that was pretty interesting, if you look at this, is that Moses, at the beginning of his leadership, had to cross the Red Sea in order to escape the Egyptians. And here we are seeing Joshua, and he's about to prepare to take the leadership role, and now he too has something to cross, the River Jordan. And it's just cool how that parallel is there. It's a different story, a different sermon, but it's very neat to think about. Joshua, here in our passage, was told that it was time to start taking the promised land. How many times do we find ourselves floundering because 
We stand in front of change and we hold on to that past. Perhaps we mourn the good old days and we're really unwilling to move. When I get stressed, I love lists. I don't know if anybody else does. Maybe, maybe Suzanne likes lists. We are a lot alike. <laughs> but I, maybe the only one that I know. But I, I love lists. It makes me feel better. It makes me, it makes me feel good to see what I have to do, what comes next, and I especially like crossing it off. Like, so much that if I didn't put something on my list and I did it, I write it down and cross it off because it makes me feel so good. And usually, at the beginning of a really busy season, I start making a list. For instance, our July. I, at the beginning of July, started making a list. You know, we just, as I had mentioned, we're just, we were just at a week of Brayside, and so we had to pack everything, and then I sent a different kid off to camp uh, I, in, called Beacon Bible Camp, and so uh, I had to prepare for that. Uh, we received a French student um, from France, and hopefully you'll meet him next week, but, um, you know, we have, I had to get prepared for that, plus we have all the church stuff and all the homeschooling stuff and just all the housework and everything like that, so I like to write it all down. However, once I've written it all down, especially at the beginning, I, I often will look down at my list and I will feel paralyzed because I think to myself, how am I ever going to get all of this done? I begin to fear and worry and stress about my list. I, I can't seem to move. I remember the good old days of spring when I had nothing to do, which is at least the way I remember it or how I ended spring. And I wish that I could go back to a time when it wasn't so busy. The Israelites here in our passage were at the, that same point with Joshua. The great servant leader Moses was dead. And now Joshua had to get the people ready to cross the river and to get into that promised land. There was a lot to do. There was a lot of people to move. And there was that nagging question in Joshua's mind. I wonder if I can really do it. What are you looking at? What has God placed in front of you? Perhaps it's a new job or a new opportunity. Perhaps it's speaking to someone about Jesus or giving your time to a ministry at church. Perhaps it's blessing someone financially when you feel you don't have it to give. Or maybe it's agreeing to sponsor a missionary. It could be anything. The point is, is that God doesn't want us to just stop and to stare at the past. He wants us to keep going. He wants us to look at the new thing and not be paralyzed with fear and wondering, did we really get that message right? Or maybe I got it wrong. Maybe, I, maybe that's not really what he wanted me to do. Instead, he wants us to act. He wants us to go. Jay Asher says, you can't stop the future. You can't re rewind the past. The only way to learn the secret is to press play. We need to press play in our lives. We need to be ready to say yes to wherever God has asked us to do and to wherever he has asked us to go. This was the first, was the time that for Joshua to press play and to get the people moving. The time for mourning was over, and I believe that God is telling us the same thing today. It's time for us to get moving. It's time for us to reach out into our communities, into our neighborhoods. It's time to tell others about Jesus. It's time to stand up for what we know to be true, what we know to be morally right, and to shout it from the rooftops. It's time to begin praying for healing and for restoration within our church families, within our own families even. Now is the time. 
It's not time to stand still. It's not time to mourn. It's not time to waver in fear. It is time to act. Isaiah 43, 19 says, For I am about to do a new thing. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. What new thing is God asking you to do with your life? You need to get ready. We need to get ready to move. We need to press play. So God tells Joshua to get the people to move, to get ready to move across the River Jordan. And yet this passage gives us an indication that perhaps there was some hesitation in Joshua's life. Change is hard. It can be scary. And I think based on what we see following in this passage, we can see how Joshua did give a little bit of cause for fear. When it comes to embracing the new thing that Christ is calling us, I think we can see four things within the story that we need to remember. The first thing is, is that God reminded Joshua it was God who gives the territory or the opportunity. It is God who gives the territory or the opportunity. Verse 3 says, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Joshua needed to rest in the fact that it wasn't his abilities that was going to bring the people to the promised land. It wasn't his great military strategies that was going to make the difference. It was God who is in control. He is, we can have all the plans and the schemes that we, we want. We can make all the lists we want. But we need to realize that we are the ones who need to rely on God, and it's not the other way around. He is the one who establishes our steps. Proverbs 16.9 says, The heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. It is God who is sovereign. He is the one we can rely on. Secondly, God promises to go with Joshua and his promises for us today as well. Verse 5 says, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Just like I did the things with Moses, I'm going to do things with you. That's what God's saying. This had to bring such comfort to Joshua. I mean, he has been with Moses when the manna fell, when the Ten Commandments were written. He saw Moses stand up and come against opposition, and he saw the Lord deal with that opposition. He saw the victories and experienced the victories that Moses experienced. And now the same God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, promised to be with Joshua too. This week, as I said, we went to Brayside, and there's kids' programs there, so all my kids were in programs during the services. There's it's a really great place if you ever get to go. There's two services, one in the morning and at night. And uh, everyone wanted to go, of course, to these services, except for Riker, of course. And um, he didn't really like the idea of going to this new place and meeting these new people. And uh, I was so thankful because we were able, we, we were beside someone who had a, a boy who was the same age as Riker. And after he met them, there was then no long, there was no stopping him. He met this little boy, and then they just went together all the time. We couldn't keep up as parents. He just walked in. He didn't even say, he didn't even hug me, kiss me goodbye after that, because he had his friends. And, and it, which was really good. It was good. It was great that he went in. But, you know, most people are like that, right? They, we don't want to do the new thing. We don't want, especially when we don't know anyone, right? We don't want to make that step. And yet that's what God is, has done, is asking us to do. But he isn't asking us to do it by ourselves. 
Just like Riker knew that his friend was going to be there. Even when he got there and his friend hadn't arrived yet, we were able to say, oh, he's coming, don't worry. And there was great comfort for him in the fact that his friend was there. Whatever we have to do, there is great comfort in the fact that our God, the creator, the God who can do all things, is right there with us. We don't have to do it by ourselves. We have the assurance that wherever we go, the Lord is with us. He has promised to be with us. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Don't be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. Even Jesus, before he ascended, reminded the disciples in Matthew 28, And teach these new disciples to obey the commands I have given you, and be sure that I am always with you, even to the ends of the earth. Isn't that an amazing promise that we have been given? That no matter what we have to go through, no matter where we have to go, our God has promised to be involved in our life and to be with us. Thirdly, we see that God told Joshua to be courageous and strong. Verse 6 says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to give you. Verse 7 says, be strong and very courageous. Don't just be courageous, but be very courageous. Joshua was looking at that River Jordan. He was looking at the people, and God told him not to be afraid. Joshua needed to be reminded not to allow the prospect of what lay ahead to overwhelm him. Joshua is told more than once to be strong and courageous. Here in this passage, is where he's told it again, as well as in Deuteronomy. It's always the first step that's the hardest, isn't it? It's always that first, like, you just hope you're not going to go and, and fall over the edge. We have been called time and time again to be strong and courageous. Again, this is not a courage that we get out of our own selves. This is not a strength because of us. We don't have to produce that. Rather, we, it is a courage and a strength that comes from God, the creator who resides in us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help comes from? My help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. In the old song that I sang in Sunday school, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are saved. And finally, be, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of the darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We are to be strong in the Lord. The Lord is encouraging Joshua here to be courageous. Joshua has seen what the Lord has done through Moses. He had confidence in the fact that Moses, when he was around, things could happen. But God is reminding him, and he's reminding us today, that he didn't need Moses. It's God who does it. And I don't know what you, what you hold on to, who you held on to, who you look to as, and say, oh, that person, that is like your Moses. That is the, the man or the woman of God who can, you know, if I was with that person, I could do all things. That's not who we're supposed to look to. That's not who we get our courage from. We get our strength and our courage from God. Jesus wants us to remember that we can do all things through Christ 
gives us strength. He will be with us. He is our shield and our fortress. So let's have courage. The, he, has, he has given us the Holy Spirit who helps us do what we need to do to help us act. So let's be courageous and step out in faith. It is time for you and it is time for me. It's time for us as a church to take a stand and to begin to take the land, to be strong and courageous and to do the things that Christ has asked us to do, to begin to accomplish the dreams that Christ has given you. Maybe for you it's, it's to give a financial blessing. Maybe for you it's just to pray for someone. Maybe it's for you to just fast. Maybe it's for you to, to write a letter or to make a phone call or to pray at lunch. I don't know what it is for you. But I know that Jesus is here and he's calling you to be strong and courageous and to just do it. Finally, we see that God reminded Joshua to obey the law and to meditate on it. Verse 7 and 8 says, Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from the right or to the left, and you will be successful wherever you go. Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night and so that you'll be careful to do whatever is written in it. Sometimes we are worried to be courageous and to step out because we think, what if we do it wrong? What if we make a mistake? And here God is reminding Joshua that if he follows the law, things are going to work out. Things are going to go well with him and the people. Joshua was again reminded by God how important the law is in Deuteronomy 440. We can have the same confidence. This doesn't mean that we can be guaranteed the best job. It doesn't mean that we'll get the highest level of success but it does mean that we'll have confidence knowing that if we follow God's word and walk in his path, then the things will work out for our good. Romans 8.28 says, We know all things work for God. All things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God wants the very best for us. And as we learn his commands, as we follow his word, that will bring us freedom in life, not bondage in rules. Many feel that the Word of God will bring this bondage to us. You know, they don't like to live by rules. We, we would rather do what we want. And this is really the oldest temptation in the book. If you think about Adam and Eve, they, in the garden, they wanted to do what they wanted to do. So they ate that fruit. And you can look through it all of the history. If you were to look through the whole history of the Israelites, they would do what they wanted to do, and things did not go well for them. The rules are not to be looked upon as a list of do's and don'ts. Rather, they are to be looked upon as our protection, as our guidance, as our shield. We have been called to meditate on the Word of God, on these rules that, that, that our Savior has given to us. We are to trust that he wants what's very best for us. Not to bring bondage or, oh, I can't do this, or I, I have to do this, or I have to do that. No, that's not how God wants it to be. He wants it to be so that we can, we can rest securely knowing that what we do, whatever we step out to do, that as we do it within the word of God, he will bring protection to us. As you embrace the next steps in your life. Remember that it is God who brings you the opportunity. 
It is God who is with us, and therefore we can be strong and courageous through Christ as we stay true to the Word of God. Let's just pray today. Lord Jesus, I thank you that that you have given us each something to do. Lord, I pray that even now you would begin to speak to people, that you would begin to show them that thing that they need to be courageous about. Lord, we wouldn't just skid by life. We wouldn't just do the same old thing. We wouldn't just be uh, doing whatever and, and just letting life go by. But rather, Lord, that we would walk out into that ocean that you've called us to do. That we would be strong and courageous. That you would lead us. So, Lord, today I pray that you would speak to people. That they would, they would hear your voice just as Joshua did. And that they would know you're with them and that you have a work for them to do and that they would do it. I'm just going to ask the ushers, they're going to come forward and they're going to hand you out a little piece of paper. And as they do, I just want you to just, just keep listening to the word of God or to the voice of God. I think sometimes we think that's really great that somebody's got the courage to, you know, like Joshua, he got the courage to do that, but I'm never going to be asked to do anything like that. And I really think that's really false because God has given us all something. We all have something that he's wanting us to do. And for some of us, it might just be that first step of inviting our neighbor over for supper it might be it might be even bigger but god wants us all to do something so i want you to really think about that and on the sheet it just says what is god asking you to be courageous about we have time like it's not 12 even yet so we've got lots of time i don't want you to leave unless like with an empty paper i'm not going to check it don't worry Although asking someone to keep you accountable would be a really good idea. Um, but I'm asking you, ask God, what is it, God, that you want me to be courageous about? What is it that I need to, like, step out and do? And write it down. And then go a step further and say, okay, what three things do I need, can I do in order to see this happen? Don't skid through life. Don't live a life that's boring. Joshua never did. And we're not called, we're obviously not called to be what Joshua's doing. But we're called to do something for him. So ask the Lord what that is. So if you could just play and sing something. And, but don't get distracted by the words. Just really ask the Lord to speak to you today. Jesus. 
Now I just want you to take this piece of paper, hopefully you're written on, and I do encourage you, if you have a spouse or a trusted friend, to show that person this, to help you stay accountable, because a lot of times we can, it's easy to say something here, and then when we go out and actually have to start doing it, we think, oh, that really wasn't God, it's going to be too hard, I don't really want to do that. I was, uh, it was the coffee or the music or whatever. And so I encourage you to get someone to keep you accountable to actually do it. But I want you to, I want you to hold on to this. And as we pray, I just want you to say, God, I am going to be courageous. And ask him to give you that courage and then to do it. So Lord Jesus, I pray for these things that the people, these, these people have written on this paper, Lord God. And first, I thank you that you've given us all something, that you've spoken to us, that you still speak to us, and you call us to do things that are scary and exciting because we can trust you and we can know that it is you and not us. So, Lord God, I pray for the things that these people that we have placed on these papers, Lord God, and I pray for courage to rise up. I pray for strength to rise up, Lord, that fear would be defeated, that fear would not be allowed to reside, and that, Lord God, when doubts fill our mind, whether or not we really knew what we were writing, whether or not we really heard you right, God, I pray that the courage and the faith that you provide will rise up within us. That we would remember how Joshua looked at the people in the River Jordan and he was, he was reminded again and again that as you were faithful in the past, you will be faithful again. So Lord, as, as you have been faithful to us in the past, as we've made steps, as we, as we have stepped out in the past, Lord God, you have proven yourself faithful and you will do it again. Lord, I pray that we would not be complacent, 
that we would not be content to just sit and to stay where we are, that we would not be content to just mourn the days of yesterday, but that, Lord Jesus, we would be ready and willing and able to stand up and to make a difference in our communities, in our families' lives, Lord Jesus, in this place. And that, Lord Jesus, we would do it through your strength. We would do it through your abilities, Lord God, not us. It's not because of us, but it is because of you. So, Lord Jesus, I pray that we would stand up and that we would be like Joshua and that we would be strong and courageous, that we would not be dismayed, that we would remember you're with us. So, Lord God, I pray for excitement to build within our lives. I pray for vision and for, for your presence, Lord God, and your leading. And that, Lord Jesus, as we go, Lord, I pray that we would, we would be doers. God, it's great to write things down. It's great to um, make a plan. But until we do it, it's just a piece of paper. And God, we don't want to just have papers in our lives. We don't want good intentions. But rather, Lord Jesus, we want to see you work through us. We want to see you bring others to you. God, we want to see you bring light into the darkness because of our obedience. So, Lord, I pray that as we leave today, that we will go ready. It would be like, as we walk out the door, it would be like we're crossing into that promised land. We're crossing that river. We're not, we're not going to hold on to what we did in the past. We'll no longer be satisfied with that but we will be ready to move and to do what you want us to do. So go with us today, Lord God. Bless us, Lord Jesus. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for being here with us. I thank you, Lord God, that you are faithful again and again and again. And may we be doers of your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So go and be strong and courageous in the Lord. Lord bless you. Thank you for coming. We'll see you next week.